0: Newsmakers is a production of Wisconsin Eye. To keep programs like this free and accessible to all, please consider a charitable gift to wisi.org donate or text WISI to 44321. This program is brought to you from Wisconsin Eye's Margaret Farrow Studio. Hello, and welcome to Newsmakers. I'm your host, Lisa Pugh. Many areas of Wisconsin are facing a massive workforce shortage, and employers are turning their attention to a lack of affordable child care as a main cause. They are linking arms with parents and providers now, demanding policymakers offer solutions. We are talking about this today with Ruth Schmidt from the Wisconsin Early Child Care Association and Dan Rohrbach, CEO of Southwest Health, all the way from Platteville.
1: Yep. Thank you way. both
0: for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. So my first question, this child care crisis, Ruth, it, it's not new. There was a shortage prior to the pandemic. What is different in 2022 about this issue?
1: Yeah, there was definitely a child care shortage prior to the pandemic. Prior to COVID, uh, we already knew that we had a lack of care for probably close to 40% of the families that potentially needed care with children under the age of four. There was a gap of care available. Since COVID, um, I think the primary thing that we have seen is an exodus from early care and education of people who work in the childcare workforce, leaving for higher paid jobs, jobs that have better benefits. um, In addition to increasing stresses of running a childcare program with significant health issues happening in childcare programs, Uh, with increased costs of um, addressing COVID needs within a childcare program, um, needing to have more uh, hygiene and cleaning products and taking care of all of those costs. They still have masking and gloving and things like that in childcare programs. So increased costs, high staff turnover, Um, probably from my perspective, uh, in 20 years working at Wisconsin Early Childhood Association, childcare is probably at the most fragile place that I have seen it at in 20 years. And I think that um, COVID has just exacerbated the issue and the staffing shortage is really tough right now for people working in this field.
0: That sounds really bad. I'm assuming it has an impact on employers as well. You represent a large employer in Southwest Wisconsin. Uh, employers often point to many causes for the workforce shortage, transportation, affordable housing. Is childcare at the top of the list now?
2: I would say childcare is the top two. Uh, housing and, and uh, childcare are, are what we're seeing as the top two issues of, of trying to find a workforce. And um, as Ruth said, it, the pandemic has only exa- exaggerated that from a standpoint of where we were three years ago to where we're at today. Um, I think in, in my entire career, we've always had those conversations about childcare. You know, childcare is an issue. Um, uh, in healthcare, predominantly, it's, it's a, it's a woman's workforce. I mean, we, you know, and, and so moms are, are trying to work, trying to stay home, and, and when they can't find daycare, um, that's, a, that's a, a major issue. And so um, we've, we've been grappling with that for years, uh, but the last couple of years now, it's, it's really starting to, to be one of the number one questions that, that a potential employee will ask us is, what's, uh, what's childcare available in, in uh, southwest Wisconsin? And uh, it's, it's a challenge.
0: So let's look at some of the current data, the numbers. Uh, We are looking at data here on the screen from Raising Wisconsin, which is a collaboration of organizations started in 2019, focusing on improving childcare access. Their data says the average price of infant care can be nearly one-fifth of the median annual family income in Wisconsin. A typical family with an infant and a four-year-old will spend a third of their annual income on child care. Approximately 50 percent of the state and 70 percent of rural areas have no available child care provider. Uh, Dan, you're talking about what that looks like when you're hiring. Health care has a hard time recruiting uh, workers anyway, how, how is it impacting your business? It,
2: it's uh, it's extremely difficult recruiting healthcare workers right now. I mean, there's a lot of organizations uh, like ours, fortunately, a knock on your wood here at the table, but fortunately we're, we have a very low vacancy rate, very low turnover rate, but a lot of our colleagues in the, in the state are dealing with 25 to 30 percent vacancy rates. And then you you throw the lack of childcare on top of that, um, and you kind of have the perfect storm. Uh, right now, uh, the hospitals are, are really struggling throughout the state. Um, with being able to take care of the patients that are out there. And it's not so much that they don't have a beds available. They don't have staff available. And uh, so we as employers now have to start looking at this a little bit differently. How do we become part of the solution uh, versus just kind of pounding our fists on the table and saying, hey, we need more child care, we need more child care. Uh, employers like us now have to be at the table uh, trying to offer solutions and help with the solutions where before we just, we just counted on Ruth and her colleagues and everybody else to kind of take care of the problem for us. But uh, we all have to be at the table to try to figure this thing
0: out. Are you seeing more employers come to the table around this issue now, Ruth?
1: We are seeing a lot more employers and individuals working in economic development and workforce development professionals all coming to the table. Um, There were surveys done uh, by the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation and Department of Children and Families um, that were released early in 2022. Uh, that showed that close to 80% of employers are beginning to understand that childcare is absolutely critical uh, to running profitable businesses and having a sound economy in Wisconsin. Um, So there are task forces happening in communities across the state and employers are very much at the table. Uh, We have been doing legislative forums uh, around Wisconsin and uh, we recently did one in Beaver Dam and we probably had about 40 business folks show up to have conversations with Senator Jagler and Assemblyperson Mark Bourne, um, and these are happening across the state. Business is showing up on this issue because it is impacting their bottom line. It's impacting their p- ability, as Dan was talking about, to hire people. Um, we hear story after story about businesses that are being asked, point me to the highest quality care in your community, show me where the childcare programs are, and when you see that the cost is exorbitantly high and not available, uh, we're losing uh, we're losing a workforce in Wisconsin. And those childcare deserts uh, sound pretty dire. Yeah, and the childcare deserts is a situation where you have more than three children for every one regulated slot of care in a community. And so the fact that in rural Wisconsin, 70%, 70% of rural Wisconsin is a childcare desert, there are a lot of children that and families that don't have access to high quality regulated care. And those that do are again facing, as you had indicated in terms of the amount you spend, it exceeds what you're spending on your mortgage, it exceeds what we pay for tuition at our four year university system. Um, It's expensive and I would argue in the field of early care and education, it's not expensive enough. It is not bringing in enough revenue for childcare programs to pay their staff well. They're making 11 to 13 dollars an hour. Um, So the business model of childcare is a broken business model. The math doesn't work like it works in other industries because childcare programs can't continue to raise rates because parents are completely tapped out on what they can pay and so having business Legislators at the table with us is critical.
0: Do you see this as an economic issue that impacts an entire region? Like, what does it look like in Southwest Wisconsin?
2: Yeah, I do. I, I, I'm on, also serving the Platteville Economic Development Corporation, so we're we're tasked with trying to grow grow the economy in Southwest Wisconsin as well. And um, you know, we hear it throughout the industry, we hear it, in, we hear it in um, the service areas, we hear it in the in the industry areas. Uh, we're hearing it across the board that, that this is a significant issue and when it first came to, to really came to head in, in Platteville was uh, about three years ago we had a meeting at the University and we were talking about workforce development and we had anybody who was anybody in Southwest Wisconsin was at this meeting and, and we were talking about the two issues the housing issue and childcare issue um, and as we started about talking about childcare issues it, it, nobody really had okay well, what's the solution and we're all sitting around looking at each other like we have no idea and so I, I pulled the group together um, with a representative from UWP, uh, University of Wisconsin Platteville, uh, Southwest Technical College, uh, the high school, Southwest Health, and then uh, several other businesses. And we and we just had a had coffee one morning and said, "Okay, we, we need to start thinking about solutions because I, I just don't think this is going to solve. This is not going to solve itself." And so ever since then, we've been we've been talking about solutions. We've been writing grants for solutions. We've been looking for opportunities for solutions. And. We just haven't been fortunate enough to to get the seed money to you know help solve this problem in our community but it's it's across the board you bring it up every single business leader i know in our community is like yep it's our it's one of our number one problems if not the number one problem
0: well let's uh, look at what people are saying about the economy raising wisconsin says the state is losing employees in their prime working years many of them parents choosing to leave the workforce or reduce their working hours. More than 75% of surveyed Wisconsin business owners believe the economy is impacted by the lack of affordable, accessible, high-quality child care. Wisconsin has a higher rate of working mothers, 68% compared to the national average of 62%. And the long-term economic impact, according to Raising Wisconsin, of Wisconsin's child care crisis is estimated at between four point two and $6.4 billion. Ruth, what where do those numbers come from? What is that impact?
1: Yeah, so those figures come directly from the Bipartisan Policy Center. The Bipartisan Policy Center is sort of a national organization that has studied what is the economic impact of child care in states across the nation. And so when they looked at Wisconsin, there's a methodology um, that you can dig into on their website um and it's looking at uh loss of wages it is looking at tax based decline it is looking at loss of profitab- profitability in businesses um and so it's this it's this perfect storm of um the role of childcare not just in standing up the workforce but literally in supporting the ab- the ability of businesses to be profitable livable communities enrollment into our k-12 school system it is all driven by uh... what's happening in our early learning situation in wisconsin
0: you mentioned that the department of children and families did a survey of employers recently i think it was last year um, asking employers about child care and they conducted a survey of business owners in 2021. 64 percent of employers said it was important to support child care for their employees yet just ten percent offered childcare subsidies. Mm-hmm. Is that
1: changing and Employ- are employers looking at different benefits to offer? Um, we're hearing sort of on a case-by-case situation. There's some really creative uh, community solutions that are happening. Uh, there's a very creative childcare program in Anago that are having businesses that make contributions to the childcare program and then get discounts on the cost of care for their employees. There- there's that model. Uh, There is the partner up model that is happening that is funded through, um, currently through ARPA. um, We'll talk a little more about that. And um, so those types of things, I think to me, what is startling in some of that data is to see um, that there's a large swath of employers who currently don't offer things like dependent care flexible spending accounts. So these very low cost um, employee benefit solutions that at least can save families paying tax dollars on um, what they bring in and can put into a tax-deferred fund to cover the cost of their childcare and other expenses. Um, So I think employers are at the table, they're trying to come up with solutions. There's employers that are trying to do childcare startups, right? And I think what we hear there, um, Organic Valley uh, did a study and attempted to um, sort of put together what would a business uh, case look like for doing a childcare program for their employees and ended up saying, the cost of this is just, it's it's too pricey. You cannot do childcare on the cheap. It's, it's very staff intensive, so the cost is high. The cost to someone is gonna be high. Employers, parents, um, whether we look at public funding for childcare, uh, we need a solution for more revenues coming into it.
0: What is Southwest Health doing? Are you finding anything that's attracting workers uh, and and kind of increasing capacity for child care?
2: Um, at this point, uh, not really. No, we, I mean, we do offer the, the flexible spending uh, option. One of the things that we have, I think fortunate, a little bit fortunate in healthcare, is that a lot of our uh, clinical staff work 12-hour shifts. And if they're, um, if they're a person that has a child at home and maybe their spouse has a, has a day job, they might work the night shift so they can kind of balance that child care back and forth between the two of them. Um, but we, we absolutely are at the table trying to look for those solutions as, as, uh, as business leaders and and I, I think the big part is is what you're talking about we even know we have to pay for it on the front end or on the back end mm-hmm. and what we're looking for is funding on the front end so that we can build a child care center we can have it available <clears throat> excuse me we have we have land right next to us that we've developed now we have a place to build a child care center that could serve Southwest Wisconsin um, and assist all the other child, child care centers in our community um, but to build is about a $5 million spend. And so businesses have stepped up, like Southwest and others have said, what you were talking about, well, we'll reserve spots, we'll guarantee a, a certain revenue function to be able to make the, the business solvent and so they can survive, but you can't also have $5 million worth of debt on top of that. So either either get the money on the front end to try to build the childcare center and then support it on the back end, um, or vice versa, but it's really, really hard for businesses to try to do both. And there's just not enough funding out there for that. And what our board has said is is right now we're looking for those community solutions. We're trying to figure out a community solution because if we can't find a community solution, what, what our board's probably gonna say is, well, let's just solve it for Southwest Health Fund. Let's just do something purely for the hospital because if we're gonna have to foot the whole bill and we're gonna have to do it, we're gonna have to kind of protect our financial stake in that and we'll just, we'll just serve our community and our, our employees but we prefer to have a larger solution for the community, not just for one business, because then every other business in our community is still gonna be struggling with that. Well, so, in a
0: tight labor market, does the availability of childcare in a community make the difference in whether or not someone accepts an offer?
2: Um, I think it does in some communities. We haven't, we haven't seen that yet. Uh, primarily, we're a little bit, you look at rural Wisconsin, and most of us are a little bit on islands where there's not an immediate competitor right in our backyard. It might be 20 miles away or 15 miles away or 30 miles away. So I haven't, I haven't seen that. I'm sure Ruth has probably experienced that or heard of that uh, throughout the state, um, but that hasn't been our experience yet. But uh, again, every advantage we can get to recruit um, is an advantage that we'll take.
0: Uh, we were looking on the screen before um, some survey results from the National Association of Education of Young Children. Ruth, uh, talk, those are brand new results just brand released uh, last week from Was- about Wisconsin. Uh, can tell us what were some of the highlights in that survey or lowlights, I guess, maybe.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think so the National Association for the Education of Young Children, we're the state affiliate of that in Wisconsin, and they've done a series of surveys throughout COVID to sort of, get, quantify the impact of what COVID was causing in childcare and in the economy. Um, And what we've seen from their survey results uh, is that the rate at which childcare programs are now needing to have extended wait lists for parents that need care for their children, um, reduced capacity of care. So classrooms that are closed uh, because of staffing shortages, 60 percent of uh, of childcare businesses in Wisconsin are experiencing a staffing shortage and need to hire people um, assuming that uh, without ongoing public investment. So during COVID the feds put significant revenue into child care. Wisconsin saw close to 700 million that went directly into a child care counts program that supports child care programs directly. Um, This study looks at what happens when that funding is gone. That'll hit Wisconsin in January of 2024. We will see a complete cliff cliff effect of this federal funding and what we see is that in Wisconsin close to 30 percent of programs are saying without some sort of ongoing public support for their program they will likely need to close their doors. These are these are sort of um, startling figures in terms of workforce shortage, needs, needing to raise rates for tuition without ongoing sort of public funding streams for childcare in Wisconsin. Um, and I don't know if now is the time to talk about it, but this to me leads into sort of what we're looking at uh, with raising Wisconsin in terms of a public investment into childcare. So, uh, since you bring it up,
0: what has been the history of Wisconsin's investment in child care in terms of matching and drawing down federal dollars? And how do we compare to other states? Yeah.
1: So, uh, Wisconsin puts in uh, what we consider the minimum amount of state revenue to draw down what's called our Child Care Development Block Grant. This is funding that comes to all states with a state match. Um, that covers the cost of our child care subsidy. So for families with low income, they can apply for our child care subsidy. That comes out of our block grant dollars. Wisconsin puts 16 million dollars towards that. And other states put in more. Other states put in more, um, and we recently have seen some big wins for child care in states. Um, and, uh, and doing really creative things. New Mexico just did public financing for childcare. care. Um, we know that Kentucky just uh, passed legislation to ensure that all child care, people that work in child care, can get um, subsidized care for their children with public financing. Um, so there are strategies that states are doing. In Wisconsin, $16 million is about $50 per child for every child under the age of five in our state. And I think we can do better. I think we need to do better or this issue is gonna continue to um, create increasing economic impact and have increasing impact on businesses like Southwest Health and other employers around our state uh, in terms of workforce shortage issues. When
0: you hear that Wisconsin has just been putting in the minimum amount of public dollars mm-hmm. into this issue, $50 per child, uh, do you also think we can do better? Oh, when-
2: absolutely, yeah, I think that, you know, I have, I have great legislators in our in our part of the state that I'm very close with and, and I talk with often, but usually I'm talking about healthcare policy and what we need to do, you know, around that. and. And but now this is becoming this is becoming more of an issue that we really have to start we have to start talking to our legislators about. And I think that I, I've always had great response from from folks when I bring the, these types of things up and say this is an issue not only for our organization but for for our community and and um, those types of things. So I, I think we just have to get we have to get out there we have to talk about this and it's uh it's percolating. That's kind of how I see it. And, and it's it's fragile, really fragile. And I think in our community, if we were to lose one of the larger daycare centers. We'd be in big trouble, and uh, the fiscal cliff that that Ruth's talking about. Um, we've been able to weather through that now with with the pandemics and some of those dollars coming in, but uh, it's not going to last. And so, uh, and I'm not I'm not an expert on all the things that Ruth is talking about. So usually, what I'll do is say, okay, Ruth, what what do I talk to Mr. Marklein about? You know, if I'm going to have this conversation, I need to be educated on it. And I've become more educated on on childcare and workforce issues over the last couple of years than I ever wanted to be, um, but it's but it's a real problem, and uh, we we need we need long term solutions as well. I think the short term fixes just don't really don't really help anything. You get through the next year or the next year, but you you need we need to fix this permanently, and and fortunately or unfortunately, I feel we have a solution at least in in our community that would work, but we need some funding to get it off the ground and we need to get it going, and then businesses will have to continue to maintain that. So. There, there's multiple solutions out there, I think, for this problem, and uh, we just need to start talking to our legislators more about it.
0: You've both mentioned that fiscal cliff with those federal COVID relief dollars going away. I think there was about $824 million of federal and state dollars. Total, that yes. Total that went to providers. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about how that has helped? How has that been invested?
1: Yeah. Um, So the majority of that money has funded a project called Child Care Counts. Wisconsin was actually recognized early on in COVID as being a leader in establishing a mechanism by which to expedite payment of those dollars directly into child care programs. Child care programs initially were using that to keep their doors open, to keep their staff paid, because enrollment in child care went dramatically down but we needed childcare to stay open so that essential workers could access care, right? So in order to do that, they used these revenues um, to cover operating costs so that they could keep their doors open and their staff paid. What we've seen since that time is this transition to uh, putting revenue towards um, staff so that uh, instead of staff making $11 an hour, making, making maybe $12 or $13 an hour bonus payments, uh, we know that um, in Milwaukee, 60% of child care programs in Milwaukee report that they used their child care counts dollars to keep from raising their rates for working parents. Um, so the impact of child care counts cannot be minimized. It has been huge for this field. But when that money goes away? When that money goes away, we will see approximately a 200 to $250 million annual reduction in revenue going into childcare, which is why we are calling for the governor to include in his budget a $300 million uh, revenue stream to continue childcare counts. So there's partial funding that'll go a little bit of the way into the biennium, and we are calling for an ongoing state investment into childcare to the tune of, it ends up being about $200, $250 million a year. We have this enormous budget surplus right now. Uh, Wisconsin has done remarkably well, uh, better than expected throughout COVID in terms of our economy. Um, And uh, what we are advocating for, what Raising Wisconsin is advocating for, is for the governor to step up with a $300 million ask and for for the legislature to then go ahead and approve that in his budget one of the innovations that came out of that covid money you mentioned the partner up program Mm -hmm. where
0: employers uh pay for 50 or i'm sorry 25 percent or a quarter of the child care cost for an employee is that the sort of is that the sort of investment you would like to see able to be continued for employers as an option
2: yeah i think that i think that's that's important And, and again i'm i'm uh i'm gonna plead the fifth here as being no expert in how this all kind of fits together um, but I think there I think that's certainly a, a huge help for for the um, the child care centers and you talk about 12 13 14 dollars an hour I mean that, that just that just doesn't cut it I mean that nobody is going to work for that I mean we're in a university town with with 6,000 students and the child care centers in our community can't get workers and, and we're, we're an education engineering focus type organization or or um, university they, they, they won't work for that because they can go work at other places for $16, 17 $18 an hour, even as college kids. So even though they might think, well, this is good for my, my career, I'm gonna be a teacher, I can go work in a child care center and get some experience, mm-hmm. but I can make three or four dollars an hour more uh, going in and working in the service industry or going to work in Southwest Health as a as an aide or, or a receptionist or whatever the case might be. So um, somehow we have to, I think it is almost 100% wage-driven. If you can't get workers into childcare, um, you, you, there's just no way you can, you can maintain that. So we have to have, you know, the old working wage is always a myth, like what is a working wage? Well, I think we know it's not 11 or $12 an hour. I mean, there's, there's just no way people can survive on that. Uh, and so we, we need to look for those opportunities to really bolster that. And if we get permanent workforce in the area, then I, I think we will be, you know, not there, but we'll be better off than we are today.
0: How do you address people who say it's not government's job to
1: subsidize child care for people? Um, so the first thing I would say is that we need to uh, change the public discourse of child care being solely parent responsibility. Child care is our future workforce. Child care supports our current workforce. Our current workforce of uh, families that have children under the age of school age cannot work without a situation to care for their kids in a, in a safe and high-quality environment, right? So this is, this is infrastructure. Um, this is not a soft, nice-to-have thing for families. Our businesses need people to show up to work. People cannot show up to work if they have young children and they don't have a solid solution for where those children are gonna be cared for and educated. So I think, to me, this is an investment. There have been economists for years that have touted that childcare is probably one of the best investments we could be making as a nation because it brings down uh, the cost of um, our lower rates of incarceration, uh, lower teen pregnancy rates, um, higher workforce attachment later in life, better health outcomes for people that have high quality early learning to start their lives, um, more workforce attachment. So I think to me, um, this is an issue of, there's so much that we invest our public dollars in, in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, We put it into our roads, we put it into our bridges, we put it into our K-12 system. Uh, We don't put it into childcare. And childcare is driving our economy, and it's driving our workforce in Wisconsin, and we need a public investment in it.
0: Do you expect things to get worse before they get better, or are you hopeful that? I'm an optimist, so I, I hope
2: not. Um, never, hope's never a strategy. It's one of my sayings that my staff love to hear me say, hope's not a strategy. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic that um, it's not going to get worse, but I think if we don't make some significant structural changes long-term, Uh, I I think that's a a very high possibility. And and I completely agree with what Ruth talked about. You you can talk about, you know, okay, it's not the government's job to step in and and pay for childcare. Um, I can probably say I agree with that fact. However, I do see a partnership, uh, you know, a private-public partnership where the businesses are now at the table saying this is going to be a significant issue for us as a business, which is economic development, which our, our, our government wants to continue to drive. Let's figure out a way to work together. Uh, us as a business, we're not, we're not sitting there saying, hey, give us all this money and then support us every year and, and we'll provide child care. That's not what we're asking for. We're asking for a partnership, either some seed money or some support on the back end, one of the two. Let's try to figure this out together um, and, and, and move forward so that we can continue with economic development. Those sort of things. I don't think it's the government's role to, solely. But we're asking them to be at the table and, and work on solutions with us, just like we do in healthcare, just like we do in industry, just like we do in, in K-12 education and the university systems and everywhere else, where we're all at the table talking about how do we make this better going forward. Um, and I think that's what Ruth is, is asking for, is just for a seat at the table to say, let's figure this out long term.
0: All right, that will be the final word. Thank you both for the great conversation today.
2: Thank you for having us. Thank
0: you. And thank you to the viewers of Newsmakers. Be sure to tune in again as we highlight the issues and sit down with the decision makers who make a difference for all of us. This program was brought to you from the Margaret Farrell Studio.
1: This program is a production of Wisconsin Eye, an independent, nonpartisan, nonprofit media network with a mission to inform, educate, and engage the citizens of Wisconsin. Wisconsin Eye is the nation's first and only independently-funded state civics broadcast network, providing gavel-to-gavel access to government proceedings and events at the
0: state capitol.